0: Here's something they never taught you. Arouse in the other person an eager want. You got to make That's them want That's kind of what we're doing with the hook, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, you want it. Let's go.
1: Welcome back to the Smart Nonsense Podcast, where we talk about entrepreneurship, self-development, challenging norms. Today, episode 98, Without Me. But watch this on YouTube. You can see how sweaty I am. Uh, Pop, you're actually crushing
0: it on YouTube. We're still racing to 1,000 subs. Yeah, we might beat you there. (laughs) We've done this intro like three different times. I butcher it every time. But here, we got a podcast. Henry's not on it because I'm talking to two guests. And the first time I didn't talk to them with Henry. I purposely, that might have been the first time that I kicked Henry off the interview. I didn't even know you were recording a smart nonsense podcast today. That's what you got to tell yourself. We've had a busy day. (laughs) But this podcast, the one you are listening to actively right now, that I talked to Adam Ashton. And Adam Jones. I just want to say really quick, before this goes off the rails, we need to slow down. Am I going too fast? No, but I just don't want to lose this tape. <laughs> we're crushing it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Adam Ashton and Adam Jones, baby. You weren't even there and you know them. <laughs> That's how amazing these guys are. So, last November, when I talked to them, they were ripping through podcasts, 3 million plus listeners, and they were talking about writing a book. Well, guess what happened? They wrote a book. This mammoth, behemoth, ginormous m- macro book. Macroscopic. <laughs> Macroscopic book. A lot of pages. From November till now. They I wrote- <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> the book is now broken. The shit they, they never taught you. I'm sorry. I manhandled you. Oh, man. Well, it's. I'm going to. I'll, you guys I'll talk take a copy. What'd they sent two copies. About? We talked about. I didn't want to. They've talked about the book a lot on a lot of different podcasts. It's an amazing book. It talks about, you know, how to get your life in order, get the habits, get everything going. And once you're there, how do you succeed in your career? Then, once you're rising up the ranks, like how do you really flourish, make some money? What do you do with that money? And then, other sort of like human nature psychology stuff, a little bit of history, just on some other books they've read. It encompasses everything. It's the shit they never taught you. So, it's pretty much everything in school they should have taught you that they didn't, that we tried to learn on this podcast through reading a bunch of our books uh they summarize it beautifully and we just talk about the whole process of writing the book uh crafting it breaking it in half and it was it was a fun one they got some adventures along the way you'll hear it but this is episode unless you got something else yeah let me give you one okay here's something they never
1: taught you arouse in the other person an eager want you
0: gotta make a That's kind of what we're doing with the hook, I think, yeah, right? You want it! Let's go! Here it is. 98 with the Adams bros that aren't bros. Zoop. You know what? This is my the thing that made me angry, right? Because now I have this book, and I'm like, okay, this has 115 of the best books I've ever wanted to read. You guys condensed it. Uh but when I travel, I like to go light. I have my <laughs> where the hell is my backpack? My backpack's like this big, and I always put like Two two pairs of socks, two pairs of underwear, and an extra shirt. But now I'm carrying this, and it just doubled my load. So I got to go with a, a carry-on now because of you guys. When I was trying to read this book, and the the little tray tables in the airplane, it was a nightmare. <laughs> but, uh, but, man, it, it was worth it. I mean, I, I'm still, like, fucking chugging through this thing. But uh, you two managed to not destroy your friendship throughout the process, which... I was worried. Did you ever fight in the in the process of crafting the the massive Google Doc when you were oh, putting definitely. it together? Oh, definitely. I'd say no fist fights, though. No fist part. fights.
2: Well, I think we were lucky because it was coronavirus lockdowns. We didn't actually physically see each other face to face, so we're probably lucky that it, it didn't escalate that high. <laughs> but there was definitely there was definitely plenty of fights uh, throughout the whole process.
0: This is because uh, we talked about this before, like having that that key partnership. And uh, that's my buddy. Since we last talked, we actually started a company together. So we've been like mm-hmm. testing friendship. And I'm I'm sure a book like a company is like testing it to the limit. But clearly we're here. Uh, well, kind of here. You're there. <laughs> so it, it it's panned out so far. But uh, but the whole process, what did it take you? six, sixteen 16 months or so or a year and a half? Yeah. Eighteen months, I guess is like it was a
2: solid four, it was a solid sixteen to eighteen months. We started out with the first our first draft, I guess, a hundred thousand words. We did at our top 100 books, one hundred books, a thousand words on each. And that took like maybe a month or or you know, a month and a half maybe. And that's when uh we thought, okay, well, we're nearly done here. And then being that at the point from ninety five percent done to getting to hundred percent done was like the next fifteen months.
0: <laughs> that was uh so we have like the company that we started is this little media company where we make a lot of clips and we just tell everyone we work with like, Hey, going from 80 to a hundred percent or like in 95 to a hundred percent, that part sucks. Like you're at the, like, it just takes 15, 16, whatever months to get that, that final bit. So we just tell them now we, we drop it at 80% and you're just gonna have to learn to love typos. But uh, y'all are perfectionists. I'm sure you heard a word like the entire world giving you feedback did you uh did you purposely keep it so from some people so that they wouldn't weigh in too much and uh, kind of derail you again as you were finishing up the book?
1: Well, toward the end, we didn't we well we had what three iterations I think it was. So we let people in at the very start, went very broad, and encouraged like very blunt feedback and almost negative feedback. We almost wanted and gave people permission to do that. Of course, toward the end when we were you know wrapping it up. Um, choosing our book titles and our, and our covers and things like that. It kind of just slowly uh, narrowed in to the point where we were making the calls at the very end because, yeah, otherwise you're not going to be able to please everyone. Like we've got people who absolutely love our book. We've got people who absolutely hate our book already, and I think that's probably a good thing that we've learnt through some books, being right in, in writing the medium where your average is probably not the place you want to be. So, um, yeah, you always know people who love it and hate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure when you get the negative feedback, I'm sure you get it with the the podcast over the years, but does it feel different when it's like you you put maybe more blood, sweat and tears into the book versus, say, an episode of the podcast?
2: I think that at the start, like the first bit of feedback, we we did that 100 to 1. I think probably deep down, we knew all the things that people were saying, so it was good to have somebody else say that um, because we probably didn't want to admit it. But it was good that somebody else came and gave us that blunt feedback for us to go back to the drawing board and, and basically start from scratch and re, redo it. We, we basically started from scratch a couple of times. Um, so that was good. I think the, the, the more it became a finished version, the more that we were, were happy that we were getting close to the end, that's when I think that's when we, we started getting less and less feedback intentionally, which was which was also a good thing. I think without the feedback, there was no way we would have got to the point it was, would have been a pretty crap book. Um, but then if you get too much feedback as well, that can stop you from doing anything altogether.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it turned out so far so good. I mean, you're pretty much, I don't know what age you're looking to give this to people. Like, is there is there like a five-year-old probably shouldn't have it. It's too much for them to handle. <laughs> but maybe like right when you graduate middle school or that like 14-year-old should get it. Do you have a, an idea in mind of like, hey, I'm going to give my kids the shit they never taught you. Right about this age? Like, who's ready for it?
1: I'd say, uh, I'd say original. Well, it was, it's probably more for a psychographic than a demographic, I'd say. Those are probably mm-hmm. original intention, So, all ages, but people who are um, curious and interested and want to learn more um, about what's going on in the world. In terms of demographics, <laughs> I feel like naturally they would fall into like, we thought, probably 20s, finish university, probably started off their own little side hustles and projects and just having to go in entrepreneurship potentially or just looking at doing things differently at the start of your career. Uh, but ironically, I think it sort of resonated with a lot of um, mothers in the Fifty to sixty-year-old range, quite interestingly. I think, um,
0: like we talked about before, I felt like you guys were getting all the love from <laughs> the, the older demographic of women. There, that's it. She's it's like paid of off of
1: this book, man. And uh,
0: I think they read the book
1: through the lens of their kids, right? Like they read mm. and they're reading, going, "Oh, this is how you know, somehow they through that lens rather than their own personal lens." So yeah, that, that's a surprise that demographic popping up again.
0: So would it be more likely that? the next book is a v2 of this or some sort of erotic novel to hit your, <laughs> your key demographic an erotic novel eh? we got we
2: got to we got to we got to give the people what they want
0: <laughs> i know i know i mean this is there's enough to last a lifetime in here but uh one thing that actually i was curious about cuz it sounds like uh, you're working i mean you'll you'll give some advice to other podcasts and stuff like that like would y'all be good consultants now that you have all of this information like i feel like for example uh giving it to people in their early 20s that are lost we have this one friend that he's just like not finding a job doesn't know he, he's like he graduated from a great school ivy league school got his graduate degree there in engineering like what the hell are you doing he can't find a job he's just on the golf course all day <laughs> it's like would you feel like you could offer advice to to those people and Actually, think that you're doing a good job, or would you be like, "Nah, just uh, we want to stay away from that sort of stuff."
1: I think, yeah, naturally, we probably uh, probably do in the podcast. Whether we could charge for it to people, but
0: probably. Like, do are you are you like the people at the bar now, where you'll be like, "Oh, I got to offer advice because I read this and you know uh, the Millionaire oh. Fast Lane," and now are, are you the obnoxious blokes at the bar now, or are you, like, keep to I, yourself?
1: I think at the start when you first reading you're thinking you're you're a bit like that because like your mind's a little bit blown and you're you're so excited about what you just read and you're trying to ram it down people's throat and people are just sick of you they just they don't want to hear it right like if they're not open-minded to it then they don't like it simple as that so I think over time it's like just leave to yourselves and some people are not interested whatsoever in in books they're just the sort of people you just go out and have some fun with or, or whatever and doing some interesting things but, um, yeah, some people it's for books and then you have those sort of discussions, pretty much like any topic, like some people are interested in some things more than others. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, right. I think at the start I would have been horrendous because I would have just said here's all the answers going, this is exactly right. I think now uh, I'm definitely more balanced in that I know that there's not just one answer to every problem. There's many different answers that you could go for. I think uh, I definitely hold back a lot more as well like jonesy said that some people just don't want to hear from it but but like some people don't want the answer some people just like like complaining about the problems um and that's sort of almost their answer is just to complain about it um so it would definitely depend who it was um i think i would also get frustrated if i for me because i think i know the answer so well and say here here's exactly what you need to do and then somebody doesn't do it though i'd struggle
0: with that yeah i feel like you gotta just ask questions and Mm -hmm. then they they answer it themselves and then go on their path but that's kind of the frustrating thing is like the the knowledge is all there but it's like who's going to actually use it uh especially when they're getting intimidated by (laughs) not being able to pick up the book most of the time (laughs) but uh but no i mean it covers everything like i I like that it's get your shit together first like you know make sure you're you're on a good playing field and then work on your career once you rise up you can be the sort of like top dog vibe that you're going for um once you make that money what do you do with it how do you get rich invest what you want to do then kind of the it's more human nature stuff that's like good and evil um beyond that you kind of cover everything like with history and philosophy after that you pretty much cover the spectrum of the universe i don't know what else is like is there (laughs) anything that you feel like you're, you're missing uh from the book that's important for people in general
1: Good question. I don't know. Not today, I think, eh? No, I think,
2: I think there's <laughs> there's definitely, there's always going to be, like every book that we read now, we're like, damn, we should have got this in the book. Um, but I don't think there's been a whole lot, like they would have been additions to what's already in there as opposed to a, a whole new different path. Yeah. Um, so yeah maybe maybe in ten years we might have some new pods but i don't know it's
1: probably that's probably limited to our uh, our knowledge of what the categories are right like we' maybe where we only read nine different categories of books and we haven't opened ourselves up mm. to what that I'm sure there's like 10 11 12 20 30 different categories you could probably go down and um you know our hitting zone maybe is just that nine of what we do on the podcast right I think what, we which are, area
2: we are as well now like for for us like because it was about obviously like getting your shit together a bit of career a bit of business but then we've also thought about like the history and philosophy and stuff um whereas i'm sure probably one that is probably like you know things that we haven't done yet probably parenting is probably going to be a massive one that if, if you ask us in 20 years and we have both got kids then we're we'll probably be like man, how do we not put a parenting section in there but for us right now i think we've covered everything um but down
0: the track i'm sure we'll cover more stuff the, the parenting is just give your child this book at the yeah. <laughs> youngest age possible. The <laughs> there it is, chapter whole chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that, uh? I mean, in terms of the areas of the book where y'all still feel you could grow the most or improve the most, do you have any particular areas that, that stand out for yourselves in terms of your ashta?
2: I think for me, probably just converting knowledge to action. Like I think we know a lot of stuff, we've read a lot of stuff. Um, the, the biggest thing is then just like, what do you do with it? How do you actually put that into the world? Which I think is probably probably going to be everyone's everyone's challenge, really. Like knowing is only one small part of it. Actually, doing is is the is the big part.
0: If you write a book, that sounds like a, enough doing. <laughs> I don't. Did y'all did y'all celebrate by chance with uh, anything crazy once it did publish?
1: We we have been talking about. Well, we've been in lockdown, but we've been talking about <laughs> this big night at um.
0: <laughs> at a, yeah, having a good night
1: out. At a gentleman's establishment and then um, you know, going to Crown and having a game of poker and just having a big night out sort of thing. But uh, yeah, every time we plan to do it, we've just been thrown back into lockdown. So <laughs> looks like we're going to have to postpone <laughs> that one until uh, a couple of months still, end of the year. So we will celebrate, eh?
0: It, it keeps adding up. They're just, uh, it's, it's going to be a buildup and man, I wouldn't want to be that, that club owner. Who <laughs> forever happens there, but, Uh, no, that's, that's awesome. One thing too, that we didn't get to talk about much, uh, the last time we spoke was about travel. And I think that is such a big element of having a fulfilling life. Uh, I know it sounded like both of y'all traveled quite a bit, maybe Jones even more. Cause you were going all around, but, um, clearly haven't in the last year but um what's in terms of travel adventures i, I don't even know jonesy how long did you travel for because yep. you didn't you do a I did two a lot of solo trip
1: yeah i did two two pretty big ones so i did one nine month one solo through uh just you know saved up money just went on a backpack and landed in um indonesia and from there just kind of went where it took me and ended up going through yeah indonesia fair bit india nepal um sri lanka uh, where else? Yeah, and did, like, you know, trekking through the Himalayas, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was super exciting and um, I I think there's no feeling like the one of, like, landing in a new country with just a backpack on and, you know, no one in the city whatsoever. It's completely foreign. You've just got money in the bank account and, um, you know, I'd never book accommodation before landing and sometimes that probably make the most interesting stories because, like, one night I remember I was in Varanasi, India, and there was a, the biggest gathering of people of all time in like the two towns next to it and I wasn't aware if this was on and I had to f- somehow find accommodation. So it was the Kulmala cool with 100 million people rocked up and um, couldn't find accommodation. <laughs> and It was like getting dark. I'm like, Jesus, what, what am I going to do now? And, uh, anyway, found like a jail cell pretty much. It was, it was <laughs> completely concrete everywhere and it cost me 50 cents a night and just smelt like cigarettes. and um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of bizarre <laughs> things happen in that trip, but there's no feeling like just that, right? You just don't know what the hell is going to happen and it's, yeah, risky.
0: That's uh when when we graduated from school like two years ago or so, we went with uh, some friends and we were in Italy and we went to Florence and we we're kind of the same vibe, like land and then figure out accommodations. Um, and we got there. We didn't realize it was like Imagine Dragon or someone like someone kind of big for some reason. Italians love them, but everything was booked. And I was like, oh, shit, I I can only find this one like five star hotel, whatever. I'll spend like 300 bucks for the night. We just got to like survive. We get there and they're like, oh, uh, we we don't see the accommodations here. Like you didn't we don't have your reservation at all. And we're like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, what was the website?" We checked the website, and are like, "No, this is the biggest scam site we've ever seen." Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, and so now my my buddies are like, "There's absolutely nothing left in the city," so we had to go out and and just like, well, our first plan was like, "Let's try and meet some girls," and like, yeah. <laughs>
1: that
0: that didn't pan out because uh, it was three dudes and two girls, so we we didn't know how to navigate that. But uh, <laughs> we ended up sleeping in an orchard. And just like woke up with spiders crawling over us. It was, it was beautiful, but it was like 50 degrees out and we're in t-shirts. But uh, I guess similar, we're on the similar wavelength of like, let's just do oh. it for the story. <laughs>
1: hey, I've, got, I've, got, I've got one more thing. on that. It was also through Spain where I didn't have the, um, any accommodation books. Similar story, right? Like it was too late and, it didn't, and couldn't speak Spanish. And anyway, one lady <laughs> led me to a hostel. And it was all female hostile, all girls hostile room because I was so late they didn't know a male had been let into the the all female dorm. And because um, I got long hair, I woke up. Uh, I woke up and I was lying with my back to them, with my long hair out, so they would have thought there was a chick in the room. I was a bloke. I turned around. There's these beautiful Italian women getting dressed, and their butt, you know, with their boobs out and everything. And I was like, Jesus! And I got a quick glimpse, but then I turned back around and just let out a male. Grown just to let him know there was a nail in room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they, <all> grew there. <laughs> <laughs> they scattered. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I mean, shit that's uh, maybe I should grow my hair out. That sounds worse. <laughs> that's
2: one strategy, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ashley, did you do uh, I know I heard Papua New Guinea, but any uh, any similar? Are you a crazy traveler too? Or are you like the, the more balanced, I'm probably, normal I'm human I'm, being? I'm probably more the uh here's or have everything
2: booked in advance for sure. Uh, yeah. and having the, uh, having the, I guess the, I guess, I don't know, the safety net or having like, having the, the basics taken care of to then be able to then go more exploratory with the other stuff. Um, but yeah, so I probably, I'd say it's less travel, more holidays. I reckon is what I would classify it as like done, done a one big Europe, US trip to big Europe trips and like a, a couple of Asia trips. Um, I'd say, that, yeah, more more holidays than, than travel.
0: Jonesy, you haven't convinced them to go crazy?
1: Oh, mate. It's a, I, I'm
0: not sure if I can do it again. I think I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> on <holiday laughs> you're,
1: right?
0: you're just writers now. You're, <laughs> you're above it. we podcasters. we We explore with our minds. not <laughs> exactly. <of> bodies. <laughs> No that that is cool. I mean from the the book in terms of actually how it compares to the podcast too with um just in terms of like what you expected. Did you expect it to perform differently like how has that actually been uh circling way back to the to the book and everything? Um was it like, "Whoa, this is this is dope" or were your expectations super high or they low and you're like, "Uh, kind of how did it feel when it finally got released?"
1: Yeah, well it's uh we had a you know our bit you know the range of in terms of sales I guess we are getting that and how it was taken up into the world so we had a bare minimum which is like covering costs as quickly as we can so yeah we're well beyond that now and then you've know, you got the black swan where you got a million copies sold in the first year and you're sailing in yachts and putting your finger up at everybody um, so we're not not quite at that so we're in, in between those <laughs> two so yes yeah, so- well
0: give it a week or so until this drops is what I'm saying it's <laughs> more nonsense <of> practice <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> you got to watch black- out black swan territory this is black
1: swan stuff. So <laughs> so yeah very happy with how it's going sales and more well more than covered costs in a few months and so then you've just got something that you've you've written and you're proud of it and you give it to people because it's got pretty much all the best stuff that you've ever learned in in your life up until this point in one thing and then um you know financially as well you got something a product there that's just um ticking over and selling away for as long as it's selling away for provided right. getting I'm word sure. of mouth and i think that's the most important thing that we are getting word of mouth at these early stages and of course it doesn't matter what the starting point is as long as the r naught value or the transmission value is more than <laughs> one you got more people sneezing and coughing onto others to sneeze onto others then uh, it's a good thing
0: but no in terms of then comparing that to the podcast i'm sure I, i've heard the blinkest uh ads a bunch are you like oh screw doing ads in the podcast let's just do books like is, is there a big difference there too in terms of financials um,
2: definitely for me personally i definitely would much prefer to be selling something that we've created rather than just tacking an ad onto it so in terms of like where does that i get a lot more fulfillment out of someone buying a book uh, than somebody listening to an ad in terms of if I if you if you gave me the choice a or b um, which are I choose but of course it's not obviously that simple it's a we've already sort of built up the podcast we've got so much content on there we've got so many people listening um there'd be also it'd be hard to just say no we're
0: not going to take ads as well hit it all the more dollar bills the better but uh in terms of Where, uh, that was, that was a a cheap reference at the gentleman's call. I'm going to keep doing that over and over, but, uh, so the next, the next step in, uh, in your career progression is, is what keep the podcast ripping, try and get it up to 230 books or so for the next release. So you can hit a thousand pages or, uh, what, what's really the next big step for y'all that you're excited about?
1: So I'd say right now in lockdown we're trying to get a buffer of podcasts as much as we can, so maybe three or four months ahead so then we can, you know, take a breath. I think that's probably number one, take a breath and just have a bit of time before we realise what's next. There's always the option for us to, uh, we've done a lot of work in iterating to land on this kind of concept in the book. It's very easy to replicate that but a smaller version and go more niche um, so, you got the shit they never taught you, and then you can go to the shit they never wow. taught you about a more niche kind of thing. And then you got 20, you know, rather than having 115 books in one, you might have 25. It's much cheaper on the wallet for people who might be priced out of buying this one. So, it's got that. And it's also, uh, it's it's got no waste pretty much for anyone who chooses that topic. And of course, it's much um, easier for us to write a book that's much smaller on one topic than goes broad. As we have with this one. So that option's always sitting there, whether we explore the exploit route, exploiting what we've already explored, or we um, do another iteration and do something
0: new. I didn't even think about that. This encyclopedia, you break down into volumes uh, for each particular category. That's, hey, that got me excited. That's, that's a good <laughs> idea right there. That's uh, <laughs> definitely cool. And then, yeah, you could refine it. Sell it to uh, indiv- individual teachers at each. Uh, I don't know. They don't really have personal finance teachers or anything like that. I don't know who would. You uh, could go probably have to sell the whole thing to. That's it. To the could get super
1: niche then about who you target. Um, I think if we did do it though, we'd, we'd have to do new books. It'd have to be completely new content. We couldn't. Uh, uh, there's nothing that frustrates us more than when people do a similar thing. They do a sequel for their original book that was a, a killer and it's just the same shit in it. Uh, I hate that. So would need to avoid that stuff.
0: Right. Right. So at what point then, uh, in the process, are you both completely fed up with your jobs and you're like, you know what? Uh, it sounds like you're still, still working hard doing everything in the world at the same time. W- where's the, the breaking point for both of you?
2: Probably after this episode drops, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The, <laughs> black swan, the black swan, it's coming. Yeah. So that's pretty much just keep uh keep current path is is uh keep doing everything at the at the same time, full time work and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think all all the irons in the fire. Full time work, obviously there's a big podcast and book a big side projects. Um and then it's yeah, obviously thinking about what's the balance between those two. Is it possible to add a different side project in? Um how can we rebalance or recommit from one thing to the other? I think it's just a constant juggling act. I don't think there'll be a point where we say, okay, let's chop this and do 100% of this or, or vice versa.
1: I think the, the side projects and having income, different income streams just gives you options down the track. Like uh, if you've got something that can, a podcast that's making money or you've got products that you're selling that's making your money, you can at least have the option of just saying, all right, I'm going to take a pause here. and." I might take this entirely new project, whether it be related to the podcast or whatever it might be, but, um, yeah, having both irons on the fire, it's entirely necessary and it's going to be, uh, as everyone knows, a lot of hard work to get to the point where you've got full options about what the hell you want to do. So I think the best metaphor is like a, a rocket ship going lift off, getting through gravity, all irons in the fire, getting to that point. But once, obviously, you're in orbit, then um, it's things are much easier and uh yeah, you don't perhaps have
0: to be slaving away so diff- so hard. So you're still in the atmosphere to, still to some degree. degree. <laughs> you're <only> still nine point nine eight meters There you go. Uh, that's cool. So in terms of the actual book, and uh, what do people tend to reference most in terms of uh, their favorite chapters, or do you hear from people and they're like, "Oh, this was the nugget that that stuck with," or uh, what do people really reference? I've
2: been have surprised. A lot of people um, have been talking about the first couple of chapters, like the happiness and stuff. That maybe maybe that's as far as they got. Maybe they just were the <laughs> yeah, right
0: there. Whatever. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like uh, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a couple that have come across in the um the, the marketing space. I've met a few people and they yeah loved some of the because uh we got crossing the chasm, which is uh, you know you got the early adopters, early majority, late majority and the laggards but um i think how we links the three different strategies to actually cross the chasm with that book uh, i've heard that from a couple of people that really resonated with them and um yeah you know, marketing is not for everyone so that's probably specific for those people who are in that sort of industry
0: right that's the the beauty of this puppy and i think you guys said it early on in the book like just kind of skip to wherever you can really uh you know, don't get bogged down and read every single page, which I remember like Tools of Titans and uh, those sort of books kind of said the same thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. I, I got really, <laughs> well, I got nervous because, you know, I I think I've even it's a hundred, lot of pages. I,
2: even I don't love every chapter and probably Jonesy doesn't love every chapter as well, but we know that some people do love specific areas and hate specific areas. So, um, we want to have, you know, keep everyone happy, but not feel as though you had to read all 700 pages. If there's something you don't like or something that doesn't apply to you or something that right now isn't relevant to you or your life then feel free to skip it maybe in five years you can come back and it will be relevant or maybe you just focus on the on the things that matter most
0: right right yeah i'm sure referencing this uh like freaking we've moved through like three different stages of the the book in our own like nine months so it's like one part is relevant right now who knows in two months you know we're gonna be the, into the, the wisdom section of the book uh, yeah. focus on that but uh <laughs> in terms of the actual process and, and doing the self-publishing and everything and it's awesome that you have an audience that could help in, in all the process what sucked most like if if i was like i'm dylan i want to write a book you you guys are like all right you can probably do it but this part like this is where we struggled the most <clears throat> was there anything in particular other yeah, than writing I feel it?
1: Like the, the, the biggest thing that getting a published book with one of the big publishing houses will get you is into retail stores and shops and they'll get you in front of people in that sense so a totally new audience whereas uh, part of our decision making process was I mean um you know we could have pitched and gone hard to try and get published to get in front of people but if you've already got an audience it might make sense to to self-publish so I think right now the difficulty the difficult thing we're doing is trying to get into all the um Brick and mortar retail stores in front of new people, and it's much, much more difficult, much more of a slog, being self-published than having a publishing house. So get you on the on the bookshelves,
0: right? Especially when you can only fit two on a shelf. So it like, <laughs>
1: <That> doesn't help. <laughs>
0: <happen.
1: Like, laughs> you know, I'd say I'd say
2: it's, it was almost like um, it's almost like either like a marathon or giving birth. In that, like at the time, you're like that was so fucking shit. Um, but then, like, when, you, when you've, when you like, forgotten about that and you just, like, your memory, like, forgets all the hard stuff and just remembers the good stuff, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. We could do that again. I think that's why people have more than one kid and that's why people who run a marathon do more than one marathon. They just remember the good stuff and forget the bad stuff. Um, I think if you asked us while we were in it, we might have said, you know, writing the, the fourth version starting from scratch was the worst part or, um, you know, anything like that. But I think now,
1: like, just in hindsight, it was it was – it was okay, yeah. <laughs> it was all good. Well, the publisher a publisher would have had us probably not let us go on that fourth iteration. I'd say almost yeah. certainly. So- I said there's
2: no way a publisher would say this was a good idea. Like 700 pages hardback, it's a big mofo. It's heavy. It's like a bicep workout. They would have said just do like a 200 page fluffy thing, which we would have thought was 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 pretty crap. We we thought let's have full control and let's give everybody as much knowledge and information as possible. Let's pack in 115 different books. Um, across 32 different lessons, across nine different parts, um, and for us that made the most sense.
1: Yeah, we were lucky as well in that we control. We had the editor; like the editor was a listener of the podcast, so we had control of that. We had a the, the designer was a mate who also designed our logo, so it's kind of um, you know branding wise, it's still connected to us. And um, yeah, having that control all the way through, was, yeah, a lot of benefits in that. So I think self published was in hindsight it was a lot more effort controlling all the people doing the book and especially when we don't know the process ourselves we were just figuring out it as well but um yeah in hindsight it was kind of helpful
0: What uh other than breaking it down into the smaller books in the future what uh what would you do differently if if anything for the next book number two i guess kind of three because you did have the like 50 books uh I forget the original title of that sort of PDF version.
1: <laughs> well, if we, if we go again with this type, uh, number one, there wouldn't be four iterations. It'd probably two, be two iterations. So it'd be much simpler to write because we know straight away our style of writing, um, which is as close to the podcast as we possibly can in terms of like we have our own stories and anecdotes, pop culture references. Um, we take what the author is trying to say, so we make sure we get the intent of what the lesson is But then swap out their stories for something that's more our style. That means throughout the book, our voice is coming through. So we're ticking that box because that was one of the boxes that wasn't in the first iteration of what we're trying to write. And then also ticking the iteration, ticking the box of uh, the intent of the author. So we're getting a bit of flavor of what their book is, what it's inspired by. And of course, ticking the box of um, delivering a, a lesson from a certain chapter and then tying it overall into a meta lesson into other books. So, yeah, it was a lot of work trying to get that theme and that style down pat. Now it's down pat. Um, I think it'd just be a very smooth, much smoother process in, in future iterations.
0: Yeah, I feel like I I want to hear the, uh, well, I actually haven't listened to the, I know you all dropped the audiobook version too. I haven't listened to it. But uh reminds me of, I feel like since you've talked to so many of these authors having sort of the Gladwell his audiobooks where he just peppers in some interview quotes and stuff like that, that that'd be sick. I mean, that's the next, next level of audio book that uh, y'all can work on in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, is like there anything in terms of the
1: audio, the way we did the audio book as well, I think more than anything. Um, Sorry. There's a lot to learn for how we did the audio book as well. Um, okay. I think there's a few iterations. We, a few differences we could probably do in that because we were like, it was a hard decision do we do it exactly like the podcast where we're just like off the cuff sort of but with the book in front of us or do we actually read it out properly and then um yeah because yeah trying to make it like the podcast at the same time having something new. but yeah i think we might do that differently not sure how but yeah
0: What's a, cause I haven't listened to the podcast version. Did you do it just kind of verbatim or did you have like riffs and in, in between or how, yeah, how did, we it did it
2: turn out? We did majority was literally verbatim reading it out, but then for every lesson, so the 32 different lessons, we added like a bonus chapter. Um, so mm. the audio book, so the physical book is like 115 books. The audio book is 147 books. And for those bonus chapters was more like the podcast. So we, would for each of the, individual 115 books we just read one person read verbatim and then for the bonus books it was both of us like podcast style back and forth talking and discussing um so we sort of tried to blend a, a bit of a mix
0: of both worlds damn that's uh hey well thought out i i was i was waiting for it and i, I didn't get it by the time i had my flight so that's why i had the uh <laughs> the extra luggage but uh, but no so it, it sounds it sounds dope you've pretty much uh covered at all in terms of the interviews and just like when you talk to people in general what do you feel like from the book or just lessons don't get stressed enough or like parts about the whole process that maybe you haven't gotten to talk about is there anything that sticks out as like oh we just haven't spoken about this aspect
1: mm. well yeah there, there's a lot in there because it's really based on the meme of like you know when you're reading books if you're if you're a reader, so many times you come across a book and like, why the hell am I learning about this now in my mm. late 20s, early 40s, whatever it might be? Someone should have taught me this sooner. So it's kind of that's the question that we're, all the lessons are really centred around and we're putting all the stuff from books around that. So as you can imagine, pretty much every chapter is one of them. But uh, I'd say I'd say that perhaps the most important would be the habit installation chapters we've got. So we've got the two um, programming the autopilot is the lesson. and um, yeah and from that because anyone who, uh, who's got any sort of goal is pretty much habit and how you install your autopilot, you, what you do when you wake up, you just go in the unconscious mode and you start doing shit. If you what you're doing in that autopilot mode, if it's good stuff, in the direction of what your goals might be, then you're pretty much going to get there uh, guaranteed because the, the direction of where you're heading in the right way. But, yeah, we never learn any of that, how to install habits into our lives. Now i say the one uh, which goes straight after that is what are the highest leverage habits that you can actually install into your life, um, you know, which comes after that lesson. So I feel like those two lessons in our book would be perhaps the most powerful that are across the board for every single human being. And then, of course, we've all got our own niche goals which can come in later, different parts depending on who it might be. But I'd say that, and getting the sh- getting their shit together is probably the part in the category of books as well, which is um, the broader scope for every single person.
0: Where's the in terms of getting your own shits together right now? Is there any area of your life where you're like, all right, this is this is where you're focused now, or or how are you how are you guys feeling with habits and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's probably I think probably having the book. And running that literally like all of 2020 plus it creeping into 2021 as well. Um, it was just like forced, a forced habit of doing high, super highly leveraged, productive shit every single day. So it was like every single day we'd wake up early, we'd write or we'd discuss or we'd edit or we'd, you know, we'd be driving forward this massive big project. Um, whereas not having that, it's easy that that same amount of time and space has been filled with, I don't even know what it's been filled with. Because, like, obviously, I've got the same 24 hours in a day, but I am not currently creating a 700-page book. Um, I don't know what that time has been filled with. So I think, like, uh, the next thing would be, like, okay, what other highly leveraged projects can fill that time, Um, cut back on some of the wasted time and focus on some of the more highly leveraged, beneficial, long-term, productive time?
0: Well, well, it sounds like... uh... That currently because you don't have the other volumes of the book coming out that doesn't quite exist as is but uh but no i, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me because i i was got into habits before uh, before starting my own sort of entrepreneurial journey and that was like waking up and working out was literally the the domino that everything came after so um i'm sure when y'all have that uh, like oh you wrote x amount for the day it's like that's that's a habit in itself and it just mm. you know what makes you it, stoked and yeah. the day
1: and and even within that like year when we were doing most of this on highly leveraged tasks there were little sprints in there which were ultimately highly leveraged like we had like how call it what hell month where we thought fuck it we're gonna which just, became two months yeah <laughs> two months but if we knew it was going to be two months we probably would have delved into hell month where we just like say all right, this is what we're getting done. Um, and every day you're just going to go at it and you just pull your hair out trying to get to that finish line of um, it might be in the full iteration of the, of the book or something in, two mo- in one month. That's the goal. Um, so, yeah, there's those highly leveraged moments as well. To And uh, yeah, it's hard to know what pulls motivation. I think you're just being a bit naive at the start always helps. Like if you knew what you're in for, you probably wouldn't start, you wouldn't take the project on. Same with this podcast. If we knew, at the very start like how much was involved and how much work you probably wouldn't wouldn't actually do it so yeah anything worthwhile i think having that beginner's mind where you're just naive stumbling across and you don't know uh you got the so many unknown unknowns it's a very good thing to begin with
0: so that sort of your uh your general lesson for anyone is just get started on something or like what uh the the person that's lost going back to my my old friend for example what uh what little nugget would you throw their way or anyone's way,
2: yeah, I think just getting stuck in without knowing the full extent, as Jonesy said, we started with a commitment of let's do ten episodes of the podcast, uh not knowing what that would involve and not knowing that it would turn into three hundred and fifty episodes across six years with no endpoint in sight if we had a, if you had a set at the start, you're gonna spend twenty hours each a week for the next. <laughs> Indefinite, you know, decades doing this, we probably would have said hell no. But just by knowing that it's it was going to be an easy, you know, ten episodes and see what happens was the best way to do it. Same as when we, you know, did the book. We're like, oh yeah, let's just write it in a month and see what happens. That month easily turned into sixteen months. Um, whereas if you had have said at the start it's going to be sixteen months of hell, uh, we probably would have said no way. So I think just getting stuck in, being naive, and just going for something, just not knowing where it could go for, like maybe it, maybe it's a flop and nothing happens and. You know, over that two, three weeks that you try something new, then it just stops, and that's it. But maybe it turns into something big.
1: Yeah, and interlinked related to, to that is just uh, being being willing to do it for free. Like if you if you're expecting to get paid for for doing things like this or a side project, then you're probably going to quit much earlier. And then paradoxically, you're almost certainly not going to get money if you got that that mindset. So yeah, just being willing and, and happy to. Sacrifice your weekends or your hours before and after work for free, knowing that there's every chance that you might not get paid. But um, with that in mind, yeah, paradoxically, over time, you're more likely to get paid because you're probably, when you're stumbling through and being naive with something like that, you're also learning skills that uh, might put you in a certain niche and over time that be rare and valuable because other people, they've gone down the well and tried path where the the skills a lot more commodified um compared to just trying new stuff uh, where you're learning new and rare and valuable sort of things.
0: Yeah, I hear that all the time from my friends, especially when you just get out of school. You're like, yo, I don't know what skills I have. Like I, I feel like I, I definitely went to school for things, but like I I can't <laughs> yeah. what what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> my head clearly has a lot of money in it. But uh, yeah, so I think just the the stumbling is uh, that's the thing that I try and tell our friends. Actually, one friend, he he has this offer to work at a a bank in in Boston or New York and he's currently making wine in California. Like he's he's just learning how to do it because we told him like, "Hey dude, I I actually sent him the 4-hour work week. I'm like, "Hey, read this and then go play around in wine country for a while. See what happens." And uh and so now he's got this like, "Oh shit, what am I going to re- regret more?" like not going to that job or not pursuing this adventure of, you know, wine country there. And I think he said he wanted to go to Australia too, to, uh, to, do harvest there or something crazy. And yeah, I, I'm not very persuasive. So I told him like, Hey, just whatever you're going to regret at least, but would you have advice there? Well, I think the
1: four hour work week book and books like that, like Gary Vaynerchuk's books and crush it. they're super real. They're super important. To start. Because in a sense, they make things seem a lot easier than they are. They're like silver bullet book <laughs> right. to get you going on this new path. And then as you get going, you realize that uh, it's not easy to make passive income. It's, in fact, incredibly hard and almost impossible in the short term. Whereas if you read that book, you think you're going to be literally working hardly anything and you're going to have this team of outsourcers producing products that everyone around the world is buying for 100 bucks and, um, and you're done. You're, you're retired at 25 years old. That kind of dream is it gives you a lot of energy to move in that direction but then sooner or later reality kind of smacks you in the face and that's where other books come in like uh, Difficulty is the Opportunity is a, an idea I which comes in all sorts of ways like Ryan Holiday's Obstacle is the Way, even Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile where yeah, choosing the difficult path, uh, that's what no one else is really willing to take. So then with that, that's the op- where the opportunity is really lie. And that's sort of missing those silver bullet type books like 4-Hour Work Week. But if you just told at the start that oh, everything's difficult and that's what you need to be going for, you think, nah, maybe I'll just hang out and just choose the easy path and get that job where I know they're going to take me on. I've got an easy salary every year um, with your four, four weeks of year annual leave sort of thing. So I think um, yeah, it's good to start but eventually your reality smacks you
0: yeah, it sounds like y'all had experimented with the the four hour work week when you yeah. uh, we had to your, your African friend to, to <laughs> hook up everything Tinder and uh, email related, but it turned into more like an eighty hour week. So, but I'm sure it's a lot more fulfilling. Um, the worst was in hard. general, so, and then uh,
1: Ashjo and I we did the um, we got a virtual assistant. This is this is such a stupid idea, but we thought we were geniuses. So we we saw people making. Passive income off selling ebooks. So we thought, all right, let's get a virtual assistant to write up ebooks about essential oils. And then we pay them to write them up and then sell them online. And then lo and behold, um, we got zero sales. But oh, I hope that's not the book that the- someone interviewed, oh, us. No.
2: Someone interviewed <laughs> us last week. Oh, thinking that. And they were like, oh, I, this is so good. I didn't know you guys had a first book. I bought your first book. I'm like, what the fuck is that? first book?" <laughs> <laughs> They're number one. Not that. That could be oh, a, it. Give me the I virtual assistance. Um, <laughs> Jesus. There was one of the book where it, it might was, pop it was, off. It was literally like a, a test print. It was just like the same chapter a hundred times. And we just wanted to test the printing. So I hope she didn't buy that as well. I've got no idea it's what up, she bought.
1: It's up on Amazon
2: oh, somewhere, that shit.
0: test print. We don't know how to get it. connected
2: <laughs> to you guys. She was like, if that's you that's liked what? I love this the book, shit so they I never talked I went back and bought your first one. And we're like, oh, shit. Yeah, what's went
1: on the next question?" She had no time. And she's like, pull her up and say, hang on. She's going to get a rude shock in a few days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Has any other weird shit happened on uh, when you've been talking to more and more people? Any – uh funky conversation i know we talked about uh i mean this was when you were interviewing um i forget the political guy and uh that was very rude yeah. i don't remember the, <laughs> the details <laughs> too much but have you had any funky interviews in the last i don't know a couple months or so
1: we've had no epic failures no. at the start which is a bit more boring so it was kind of exciting at the start when we didn't we didn't know what we were doing so we kind of sucked and we were amateurs so gives we we're amateurs it Get inspired, interesting reactions from the people <laughs> we we're interviewing with who are used to uh, being interviewed by absolute you know people who knew what they were what they were actually doing. So yeah, we had a few shockers at the start. Had some arrogant people who um, don't know if you mentioned that one. We had one guy in Australia. Uh, yeah, red bandana. He made us like sit on his floor, his laundry floor. Didn't give us a chair. So he can, and we had.
0: Well. Oh, that was steak guy, right? You didn't. You uh, <laughs> didn't get to eat the steaks.
2: The steak None of that. None of that in a little while. Yeah, and in, in terms of us on the other side of the mic, so there's been nothing too crazy. That. No, I can't think of anything like aside from the woman who said she bought our first book, and we've got no idea what first book was. <laughs> that, that's probably the craziest one. <laughs>
0: You all got to start showing up to these, uh, I don't know, not wearing shirts yeah. or something something crazy, <laughs> really spice it up with everybody yeah. once you do enough of them. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, this will, uh, my friend, I hear him bouncing back and forth, but he's still not going to get his, his showing on the pod. But was there anything uh, else in general in terms of, I know we didn't get into uh, a ton of detail, I'll, I'll preface it on some of the intro, but uh, stuff you haven't talked about with the book or we haven't talked about with... I don't know, exciting adventures on the last year and a half as you put out into the world that we're missing.
2: No, I don't think we got anything too exciting. We haven't been able to go anywhere. We haven't really been able to do anything. I just saw that we – we're in Melbourne, and I just saw on the news last night that we cracked – we're now the second most lockdown city in the world in terms of number of days. So London had it slightly worse, and we're we're coming in at number two with 208 days of lockdown, and we're still going. So I reckon we could go for number one spot. I reckon oh, we could shake up. we are. yeah.
1: Because of, uh, London – they, there's lockdown and then there's Melbourne lockdown. Our lockdown is insane. We are we can't we're, we're not going to do this did, for a start. This is illegal. We got to find ten grand for um, catching up.
0: Really? Dude,
2: uh, we gotta, we've got we've got a great uh, we've got this good setup where we're actually at our own homes, but it looks like we're right next to each other um, just to uh, to make it look like that.
1: Hang on!
0: To <laughs> to <be laughs> a- i I believed you for a second i'm like is there a split screen there? <laughs> that's uh yeah i don't know what the hell uh, actually someone did that i saw that on like ellen or something crazy but uh no it, it sounds like y'all even though you've uh calmed down over time you're being more productive more thoughtful so uh maybe there's some adventures on the way and uh we'll hear about it in okay. one of the podcasts coming <laughs> coming soon But, uh, boys, always a pleasure. Uh, I'll I'll have my friends listen, see if they – or actually read the book, The Shit They Never Taught You. uh, I don't even think I showed it to the camera. Look at that. It's a beauty. Whoever – Jonesy, was your friend that designed the cover?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Jack Turner, hey, Stubby, he's the – I I reckon he's Australia's best designer. He's also got um, his own board short label here, Squash, for those listening. Um, He's a – yeah, he's a superstar at what he does. So.
0: Two black swans in one podcast. How about that? That's, That's going cool. to be a lot coming out. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> retiring next week as well as
1: us. It's all planned, dude.
0: What, uh, I didn't get to ask, did you guys do anything crazy? Was it last Friday or, or something like that? The the one day? Or was that just uh, was a bad day? Was that
1: was
0: one day. Uh, it was Oh, I don't know. There was like one day that was off limits. And then uh, that was the one at... I think I suggested. I don't know. Y'all were oh, probably. No. Oh do it. No, no, no!
2: What was it? Oh no, no no! It was my um, my brother. Uh oh, his, yeah. My brother and his, his wife were pregnant, and so we were, like doing the the announcement to my parents who didn't know. So that's all it was. Nothing. To, it was it uh, that, like, baby the
0: baby shower book, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what they're getting every year. Just like throw, just like but, throw a stack of books on there, and.
0: Oh learn like us. Well well thanks guys appreciate it. Thanks for sending the book again. It's a pleasure. I'm going to keep referring back to it. Uh y'all are always fun to talk to. So more more adventures along the way.
2: Too really good. Thanks for having us again, man. Thanks All right. You. You. Hopefully Gilly listens. voice.